I really feel that Holy Spirit wants to come and just meet you where you're at this morning. And I, I, I just, I feel like there's an impartation for each person that is here. And whatever you need, wherever you're at in life, God knows, God sees you, God cares, God is with you. And this morning, He has some things for you. And I just believe that the breath of God is blowing upon us here this morning. And uh, I just, there's, there's going to be an impartation of life. So just be ready to receive the life of God. His, his presence is life. Amen. And uh, this morning, I actually want to just speak about the presence of God. And I want, to, I want to speak about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I have 10 things, but I don't think I'll get through them. Each, each thing is just a living reality to me, and I'm sure to many of you as well. And for each thing, there's just reams and reams of scriptures. And we might look at some scriptures, but I just want to speak more from the heart here this morning and speak from the Spirit and flow in the Spirit. So could I ask you, just, I feel like as a, as a congregation, we're already in the Spirit here this morning. And, um, you know, John... It says in Revelation, John, on the day of, on the first day of the week, he says he was in the Spirit. He was in the Spirit. Sometimes we've got to take time just to get in the Spirit. And because we live in a very natural, physical world, but we are spirit beings. We're created in the image and the likeness of God. God is Spirit. And uh, we, are, we are a Spirit. And we live in a body. And we have a mind. We have a soul, um, but we are a spirit. Amen. We're spirit beings. And with, with the, the body, you have access to, with the physical body, you have access to the physical realm. You know, touch, taste, see, hear, smell. Um, and with the mind, you have access to the, the mental realm, the intellectual knowledge realm. But how do we access the spirit realm? through our spirit. As spirit beings, we have access into the spirit realm. The spirit realm is very real. In fact, it's more real than the natural realm because this natural visible realm came out of the invisible realm. That invisible realm is the realm of God. It's the eternal realm of glory. It's the realm of God. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that everything that is visible comes, was made out of that which is invisible. That is the eternal realm, the spirit realm, the glory realm. And so the spirit realm is, is even more real than this pulpit here. And many people just go about living in just the natural realm. They've got no idea that there is a spiritual realm and there's things happening in the spirit. There's some bad things, some evil things, but there's also amazing things. And one of the gifts of the spirit is the discerning of spirits. And, and you and I, as born-again spirit beings, our spirit has, been, has come alive to God. Before, you, before you're born again, your spirit is, is dead to God. You, we're lost. We're in, we're in fallen Adam. But the Bible says that anyone who has faith in Jesus is born again. And, you, and we come alive in the spirit. It's the spirit that gives life. We've been, we've been born again into newness of life by the spirit. Jesus says, you cannot enter into the kingdom unless you, 
you have been born again, born of the Spirit. He says everyone is born of water first, born of the flesh, natural birth. But anyone who is to enter the kingdom must be born of the Spirit. And so we're more than just natural beings, amen? Thank God for the natural. I love the natural, the beauty of this natural world. But we're more than just natural beings. We're created for more than just the natural. We're created to know God. To have a relationship with our Creator. And how do we know Him? Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit of God. Our spirits have been awakened by the Spirit of God. And so I want to just talk this morning about the presence of God and about the anointing of the Holy Spirit and what happens when we soak in His presence, when we get into His presence, when we encounter His presence. What does His presence do to us, for us? Because I believe that, I feel God stirring in my heart this morning, and I know it's stirring in Caleb and Brooke for, for Bayside Church this year to go deeper and deeper into the presence of God. And for us as a church to just go deeper, to go deeper into the river. I mean, it's, it's awesome being ankle deep. Praise God for ankle deep. But how many of you just want to stay ankle deep? No, we want to, go, we want to be swimming in the river. Amen. We want to be encountering the glory of God. There is so much more that God has for us. Amen. This year, God has got so much more for us. God is an infinite, unending, unlimited God. He's got infinite riches and resources in His glory. Infinite power. Infinite beauty. Infinite majesty. The, one of the words that Caleb has been sharing this morning from Isaiah, as, as Isaiah was encountering the living God, it says it was that awe, the awe of God. Let the awe of God come back to the church. Amen. So much of the church has lost the awe of God. In the early church, in the book of Acts, it says, and, and, and people were in awe of God. That's how we're supposed to be. That's how we're supposed to live. That's normal church, normal Christianity, where we, we walk in the Spirit. We, in, we walk with God. We encounter the living God on a daily basis. And we live with such a sense of awe and how big and awesome our God is. Amen? And so what happens in the presence of God? What happens when you encounter? Well, let me, let me say this. What is in the presence of God. What is the presence of God? The, the first thing that God put on my heart was the presence of God is life. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of life. And His presence is life. And if you feel like your world is closing in, and darkness all around, and you feel like you're just, just struggling for air, for oxygen, get into the presence of God. If you feel like you're dying, you feel like your dreams are dying, feel like your life, you just 
feel the, the, just the sentence of death. Right? You just feel spiritually, emotionally, physically, you feel like you're dying. Get into the presence of God because it is the presence of life. And He will breathe fresh life into your soul. Let's read a scripture. Genesis chapter 2. I've got my real Bible. <laughs> the ones on our phone is also the real Bible. But um, I do like pages. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I'm reading it in the ESV. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man... Formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. That word, the breath, is, is pneuma. Pneuma. It's, it's, it's the word we also get for the spirit. The breath of God, the spirit of God, it's the life of God. The pneuma, the there's so much life in the breath of God and sometimes we just need to get into the atmosphere of his presence atmosphere of the spirit sometimes we've got to just quieten the noise of this world and get alone with God many times the Bible says that Jesus very early in the morning he went out to solitary places to spend time with God Very early in the morning when, when there's no noise, when things are just quiet and there's no distractions. And you just spend time with God, encountering His presence, getting refreshed in His presence. In His presence, there's life. Let God breathe, breathe fresh life into your soul. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse, I believe it is 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 6. It says, Who made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, which is the law, the law covenant, trying to keep the law, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. What happens when you get into the presence of God, into the Spirit? When you sit under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you feel life coming back into your body, into your soul, into your emotions. He awakens life inside of you. How many of you feel like you need a little bit more of the life of God flowing through you this morning? I do. Every day. Every day we need to encounter the life of God. Amen. Amen. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. There's so many scriptures. What else is the presence of God? See, the, the, the glory of God is, is who God is. But the anointing is what God does. His anointing is His power. And when, when the glory of God comes into a meeting, then we, you just, it's like, we just almost go quiet and just stand in awe of Him. You know, in the old, under the old covenant, when the glory came, 
You know, the, the priests, they would minister day and night, you know, at, at the altars and sacrifices and all that. But when the glory of God came, they fell on their faces. Because that's where, when the glory, the awe and the glory of God comes into a room, that's when flesh just needs to bow down, surrender. It's when flesh just needs to stop and behold Him, behold His glory and His majesty, the eternal, uncreated God. The one who created time and space doesn't dwell in time and space, but space and time dwells in Him. Infinite, eternal God. And when that God walks into a room, who are we to just be casual and arrogant and full of ourselves and do what we want? No, when, when that God comes into a room in His glory and His majesty, we fall on our faces. We bow before Him and we give Him all the glory and the honor that He deserves. Amen. We're captured by His awe. But when His anointing is flowing, that's different. That's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit manifesting with purpose. He has gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's His Spirit, His anointing manifesting in a place with gifts of healing, gifts of faith, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, discerning of spirits, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. That is to minister. That's God coming to minister different things to people. Because there's times when the glory comes and we just fall on our face and we're just in awe of God. And there's other times when God wants to come and impart and bless and touch people's lives. He wants to heal. He wants to set free. Now that can also happen in the glory. But the Bible says that we're a body and, that, and, and the Holy Spirit manifests on different ones for the common good. And so there's also purpose in His presence. And so what else? What's the other thing God put on my heart? In His presence, there's healing. There's healing in His presence. The presence of God is healing. In Luke chapter 5, you know, after Jesus had come out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, he spent 40 days just walking in the Spirit in the wilderness. People say, oh, that, he must have been suffering. That must have been the worst. No, it, I, he was having an incredible time in the Spirit. Probably didn't want to come out of the wilderness. <laughs> but he had to because he had a mission. And yes, there was temptations. But he was in the Spirit and he overcame those temptations easily. Amen? Sometimes we look at Jesus in the wilderness and we think, oh, that must have been so hard. Life is so hard. Oh, it's just the devil's so big. And it's, no. Got to change the way we think. Bible says he went into the wilderness full of the Spirit. He came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Went about doing mighty works. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power who went about healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Acts 10, 38. He came out of, the, came out of that time of, of being in the Spirit. He came out in the power of the Spirit. and says in, in Luke chapter 5 that he was ministering in Capernaum. And if you look in Mark, I forget what chapter in Mark, but it says while Jesus was at home. 
So this story takes place in Jesus' actual home. That's the one where everyone was gathered in his house, and they, the, the, the paralytic man couldn't get in. And so they busted a hole through the ceiling and lowered him in. And um, in that context, the, the Bible says that Jesus, while he was ministering there, and people were gathered around, it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. There is healing in his presence. Presence of God is healing. And if you're sick, get into the presence of God. Soak in his presence. Keep soaking in his presence. Let his presence just minister life to your body. Minister healing to your body. The Bible says in Acts chapter 19, in, in Ephesus, where there was just revival taking place, powerful signs and wonders and miracles and healing, it says all of Asia Minor heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says people even brought handkerchiefs. And Paul touched those handkerchiefs because Paul, the Apostle Paul, was ministering in Ephesus. And there was such incredible healings. And he says he, that he touched these handkerchiefs and imparted the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. And people took even those handkerchiefs out to the sick, perhaps the sick that couldn't come. They were too sick to come. And it says they took the handkerchiefs out and placed them on the sick, and the sick were healed. And those with demons were delivered and set free. What is that? Is that that the power of the handkerchief? It's got nothing to do with the handkerchief. And what was in the handkerchief, it was the anointing and the presence and the power of God. It's transferable. It's an atmosphere, but it's also something that flows through us. The Bible talks about the laying on of hands. Many times Jesus touched, touched the leper, touched the sick, and power flew out of him, and he was healed. Many times in the New Testament, you see believers laying hands on the sick. What is that? They're releasing the anointing, the Spirit of God that's inside of them. They're releasing that power onto the sick, and the sick are being healed. We are carriers of the glory of God. We're carriers of the Spirit of God. We have treasure in jars of clay. Amen? We are weak, but He is strong. His power is made perfect in our weakness. See, we're like that handkerchief. (laughs) And he loves us. We're beautiful handkerchiefs. (laughs) But the power doesn't come from us. It's what's in us. It's what we're carrying. We're carriers of his presence. We're carriers of his glory. We're carriers of his power. There is so much power inside of you. If you are a spirit-filled believer, you are full of power. That time when Jesus was walking through the crowd, the crowd was pressing into him. And the woman with the issue of blood, she said, if I only could touch him, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. That's faith. That's faith that draws on the anointing. It's faith that draws on the presence and the power of God. If I only touch him, I will be healed. And everyone was pressing into Jesus, and she made her way through the crowd, and she touched him. And the Bible says that power uh, flowed out of him, and immediately she was healed. And he turned around, because it says, sensing that power had, um, virtue had flown, flowed, 
I can't even say that this morning, flowing, <laughs> flowed, sensing that power had flowed out of him, he turned around and said, Who's, who touched me? And everyone there was touching him. Crowds were touching him, but someone touched him with faith, drawing on the presence, the power, the anointing. And power, he, see, power flowed out of him. We have power inside of us, and it can flow out of us to others. And so sometimes we just need to say, sick body, you know, just sit in his presence and, and just soak in his presence and let the power that is actually inside of you, in your spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you, just begin to flow through your body. And have faith. Thank you, God. I am healed. 2,000 years ago, I was healed. The victory, the cross is so victorious. Thank you for healing flowing through me right now. In Jesus' name. Get in the presence. Let his power, let his healing flow through your life. The third thing, there is joy in his presence. His presence is joy. His presence is supernatural joy. So many people living their lives to just be happy. I mean, we're getting married. Oh, she makes me so happy. <laughs> but what happens when she stops making you happy? Oh, we just fell out of love. People like, it's, people make life, it's all about their happiness. It's all about me and my happiness. Well, I think there's another word for that. It's, isn't they called like narcissism? Narcissistic, selfish, hedonist. Just living for pleasure. Just living for happiness. That's the meaning of life. Just happiness. How shallow is that? It's just taking up space, breathing air, eating food, passing it through your body, growing old, trying to get as much pleasure as you can, and then you just die. And you say, well, that was my purpose, just to be happy. Surely there's something more than that. Amen. It's to know God. It's to walk with God. God is the one that ultimately makes us happy. His presence is not earthly, worldly joy. It's supernatural, heavenly joy. The Bible says in Romans 14 that the kingdom of God is not a matter of food and drink. Just living for myself, pleasure, just food and drink, parties. It's not a matter of that, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Spirit, in the presence of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. God actually wants us to experience joy in this life. God created joy. It doesn't honor God when we walk around all the time just depressed and heavy and sad face and we think like that's glorifying God. No, God is glorified when we are joyful in Him where we celebrate and rejoice in the grace of God, in the bigness of God, in the goodness of God. We see how great He is. We see how, how, how sinful we were, but how gracious He's been to us and poured out His grace in our life, and that brings joy, knowing that we're going to spend eternity. When we pass from this life, when this natural physical life comes to an end and, and we step out of our bodies, our spirit steps out of our bodies and into eternity. We know that we're going to be with Him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever in absolute glory 
and perfection and joy. No more pain, no more suffering. Not like just clouds in the sky and harps. Not that, that worldly way of thinking, but the, the actual way that it is, the godly way of thinking of us being with Him, our Creator, forever and ever, knowing Him, walking with Him, beholding Him and His glory forever and ever. When we think of that, it brings joy. Every time I think of that, it brings joy. Paul says, for these momentary sufferings in this life are not worth even comparing to the eternal weight of glory that is stored up for me in heaven, in eternity. We might go through some crap in this life. Amen? (laughs) Here comes the rain. (laughs) Here comes His Spirit. Here comes the glory. Joy. Joy. Supernatural joy. In His presence there is joy. And sometimes we just need to get in His presence. God didn't create you for fear and depression, and anxiety, and for heaviness, and for torment, and oppression. As believers, we're not supposed to carry that. We weren't created for that. We don't have to carry that. This life beats us down and tries to make us carry all that nonsense. But we don't have to carry it. There's a way where we don't have to carry that. It's called the supernatural joy of God. Getting into His presence. The wine of the new covenant. The wine of the Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine which leads to debauchery, but be being filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.17. Be filled with the Spirit. Continuously be filled with the Spirit. And he contrasts it with wine. Don't be drunk with natu- in the natural wine because wine makes, you know, people drink wine to get happy, right? Overcome their depression. Overcome the pain like excessive drinking just to try to get rid of. There's nothing wrong with drinking, okay? But excessive drinking to try to be happy and to numb and to get rid of the pain. That's why people, people drink. But it just leads to destruction, destructive things. It leads to bad, some bad things, doing some bad things, and it leads to some dark places, and it wants to destroy your life. And so God says, don't be drunk with wine like that in the natural, but be filled with the Spirit, Be filled with the wine of the Spirit, the heavenly wine, the new wine of the new covenant. The Bible talks about putting new wine into new wineskins. That's the new covenant, and the Spirit is the new wine. And when we get filled with the Spirit, we receive the new wine of the Spirit. And what does wine do? It makes you happy. Amen? Amen? So sometimes you just got to get in God's presence and drink of the Spirit, drink of the new wine. I love it. Sometimes I just soak in His presence, just say, God, give me another drink. Holy Spirit, give me another drink. You know the old, the old song, I've been drinking at Joel's Bar every night and every day. I am drunk on God's new wine. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> Revival. Um, I, I love it. I mean, there's a lot of craziness that happens, and there's a lot of, you know, all, all the nonsense that does happen and people mock it and stuff. But at the end of the day, I love it because it's the joy of the Holy Spirit. And I believe the reason why God poured out His Spirit on the church was to make the church happy. You know, the whole Toronto blessing in the 90s, like, oh, why did God do that? Because the church was so depressed and needed to get happy. So God poured out His wine. 
and, and you know, under the, the law, the old covenant, there was condemnation and death. It was like 1,500 years of the law and just heaviness and death and darkness and just um, oppression under the law covenant. There was momentary glimpses of good things happening. And then the rest of the time, it was devastation and destruction and, and just heaviness. And then Jesus came. And the first miracle he did was at a wedding where he turned water into wine. And then he says that the new covenant is a new wineskin and needs new wine in it. And then the Bible says, don't be drunk with natu- you know, natural, but be filled with the Spirit. It's a bit of a theme there. Holy Spirit came to the church. And then on the day of Pentecost, people outside, they thought that the church was drunk. Actually said, they, they, they mocked and they thought the church was drunk. Why did they think that? Because they probably sounded drunk. People even said they've been drinking. Peter says it's nine in the morning. They, they're not drunk as you suppose. So they were drunk, but just not as they supposed. They hadn't been drinking natural wine. They'd been drinking the wine of the Spirit. And they got happy. Hallelujah. Oh, why would God do that? To make the church happy to make people happy, to fill them with joy. Because there's been 1,500 years of law and darkness and heaviness and destruction and death. And now it's time. I believe God was saying, now it's time for the church to get happy. And he poured out his spirit. There's healing in his presence. There's joy in his presence. The other thing is there's peace in his presence. His presence is peace. And I'm just going to, Share a couple of more things, and uh, then we're just going to have we're just going to have some time in His presence. We're just going to encounter Him. And whatever you're needing in this time of your life, you just press into His presence and receive. Amen. There's peace. There's peace in His presence. I tell you, we all need the peace of God. And his peace is not just a theory. His peace is a living reality. And if you suffer with anxiety, fear, torment, whatever you suffer with that, that, that just takes you out of peace, I want to tell you that there is perfect peace for you. And you can live, you can have a life of peace. See, some people say like, oh, you wouldn't want to be in my mind. My mind, there's a storm. There's a storm in my mind. And I wouldn't want to be in some people's minds. Because it's just turbulent. And it's just a raging storm. And I don't believe God wants us to live with just raging storms tormenting and harassing us. And destroying us from the inside. And we're just on the outside. We're just like coping and people see the outside, and we're just managing to hold it together. But on the inside, we're like, if people could just see what's going on on the inside of me, it's just this raging storm. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live like that. There is supernatural peace in His presence. And His, his peace, His presence can strip anxiety off your life. It can lift. It can lift anxiety. It can dissolve anxiety. Philippians 4 says, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious for anything. 
The Lord is near. His presence is near. The bigness of Almighty God, the bigness of an eternal, infinite, unlimited God is near to you. His infinite love, His infinite power, His infinite favor is near. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. See, when we're anxious, it's because our eyes are off God. We're focusing on the storms. Peter took his eyes off, off Jesus, and he looked at the storm, and he got anxious, and then he began to sink. But as long as his eyes are on Jesus, he was walking on water. He was doing the impossible. He was conquering the storm. He was living above the storm. In the middle of the storm, he was reigning with Jesus. And, and sometimes you can't avoid storms, amen? Life just brings storms, crisis, tragedy, things that happen. Financial storms, health storms. But there is a way that you can reign in life through the storm, in the midst of the storm. Jesus slept in the stern of the boat while there was a raging storm around and the disciples were freaking out. Jesus was sleeping during the storm. Why? Because he knew that his father was near. He knew who his father was. He knew that the calling and the purpose of God on his life didn't end here. God had called him. And so he knew he was going to the other side. This storm wasn't going to take him out. And he had this, he was, he was anchored in this eternal promise and glory. His, his emotions and his heart wasn't anchored to this world and the resources of this world. It was anchored in heaven. Is your heart anchored in heaven? Are your emotions, your thoughts anchored in heaven, in Christ, in the Spirit? Because when they are, there is supernatural peace that flows from God through your life. And it really is as simple as that. And any time I feel anxious and like harassed and dealing with stressful things, I remember, hey, let me get into God's presence. Let me just take time to get in His presence. Let me just stop everything and get in His presence. Perhaps early in the morning, before the day even starts, let me wake up a little bit earlier and just go get into His presence. Or maybe after a long day of work and you're home, and you're just managing to hold it together. Just go get into his presence. Soak in his presence. Receive his peace. Jesus says, my peace to his disciples. He said, my peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives. I do not give as the world gives. The world can only Give so much peace, natural peace, temporary peace, but God gives us eternal peace. And when you find the address in your spirit, when your spirit is anchored in heaven, anchored to peace, when you find the address for peace, then no matter what you're going through, you can always access that peace and, and just bring it into your life. Amen? These are such simple things 
But unless you're someone of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, knowing the things of the Spirit, these things are just foreign, foreign to you. And we just, we just left to our own worldly devices to try to cope. No, God is near. Do not be anxious about anything. His presence is peace. His presence is strength. There's strength in His presence. It's refreshing. There's energy. Strength. Sometimes we feel so weak. Sometimes you just, you just cannot, with your mind, you cannot solve everything just with your mind and your thoughts. You just sit there thinking, all right, I'm going to solve all these issues and these things I'm dealing with and mental stress and, and uh, this problem, that problem. I'm just going to solve it all with your mind. And, and how many of you, you've discovered you can't solve everything with just your mind and your thoughts? Sometimes our issues are spiritual. Sometimes the depression that you're facing or the discouragement you're facing is more than just natural circumstance. Sometimes it's actual spiritual. It's demonic. It's demonic harassment coming at you. And so you can't solve it with just your thoughts and your mind and, and therapy and drugs. Sometimes you've got to get in the spirit and smash those things off your life and break those demonic attacks and come against depression. I believe depression is a spirit. It's a demonic spirit that wants to steal, kill, and destroy people's lives. It's a spirit of fear. It's an atmosphere of fear. God doesn't operate in fear. God operates with joy and peace and life. So when there is that presence of fear and anxiety and depression I tell you, that's, that's darkness. That's not just natural. Stop looking for just natural solutions. Sometimes you need a spiritual solution, and that is the power of God. That is the mighty power of God to break those things off your life and set you free and to bring His peace and joy into your life, to fill your emotions, to fill your spirit, to fill even your body. Amen? Amen. This is good. I'm enjoying this. This is ministering to me. <laughs> Whew. This morning, as I was getting ready to prepare for, for this morning, um, I woke up and I just had something else on my mind. There's a situation I've been dealing with and just a lot of frustration. Just a lot of frustration. It's, it's like... It's to do with a, a relational thing that, don't worry, none of you know and don't even try to think about. But um, someone I care about, but just causing a lot of frustration. And uh, as I'm trying to prepare for this one, I'm just, all I can think about is that and just the frustration that I have. I said, God, I need your help. I don't want to be thinking about this while I'm trying to prepare for this morning. <laughs> and, I, and I just got in God's presence. I said, God, help. I need your help. I don't know how to solve this thing. So this, in this one area, there's so much frustration. I don't generally live with frustration. I live from peace. I love peace. I live from peace. I live from joy. I live from life. I live from His presence. But there's times where you just carry frustration. And in this area, I was frustrated. And just as I got into His presence, it wasn't just all suddenly just smooth and all easy. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it's rough. This morning, it was a bit rough. 
like half an hour, 40 minutes, an hour, just like praying and, and getting in his presence. And then, and then finally, I just, well, not finally, it was just over that time, God was speaking to me and he was giving me perspective and he was giving me wisdom. And, and I was like, God, I'm just, I'm just frustrated about and then, and then suddenly, like, he would just give me perspective. And Ryan, you, you're looking at it like this, but actually you need to look at it like this. And I was like, yes. And as I was just in his presence, him ministering these things to me, I just started to feel relief. Just more relief, more relief, more relief. And just by the end, it just felt like that frustration had gone. And I felt like I had solutions. I had wisdom. I had clarity. In his presence, there's wisdom. In his presence, there's clarity. There's perspective. Amen? When you get into his presence, you begin to see through his eyes. You see the way that he sees things. You begin to see from that higher place, those eagle eyes, heavenly perspective. Sometimes we get so closed in, everything just in front of us. Get into his presence and he lifts us up. He gives us his strength. And just, just that one scripture. I'll just, I'll just close with this one scripture. Not close, but I'll end this part. Um, there's freedom in his presence. I'll just, I'll just give you the rest. There's freedom in his presence. There's purpose in his presence. There's power in his presence. There's provision in his presence. There's protection in his presence. There's transformation in his presence. There's wisdom. Freedom, if you're writing it down, freedom, purpose, power, provision, protection, transformation, wisdom. If you didn't get them all, then just listen to the, the tape. But it's not, about, it's not about what you write down this morning. It's about impartation. Um, we're catching something here this morning. This is the way I want to live my life. It's the way I want to walk every day. Sometimes you forget, eh? <laughs> Sometimes I forget. <laughs> and then you just get caught up in the busyness of life, the demands and the things and the issues, the worries. And then sometimes in the middle of all that, you remember, oh, that's right, his presence, his spirit, his anointing, his glory, his strength. And so I'll, I'll just finish with this one scripture, Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40. It's quite, a, it's quite a popular one. It's quite a favorite. We all know it. Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Maybe, yeah, maybe the worship team come up. We're going to worship a bit and press in a bit deeper into his presence. It's good. We've got time. It's 20 past 11. So we've got 10, 15 minutes pressing to his presence. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. I just love reading that. I love hearing that. That feeds my spirit. That is the truth. God is the creator of the ends of the earth. Have you not heard? Do you not know? If you don't know him this morning, you can know him. You can have a relationship with your God, with your creator. 
You don't have to live far from him, distant to him, not sure. The Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, on Jesus, will be saved. Anyone who confesses him as Lord and believes in his, their heart that God raised him from the dead will be saved. You become a child of God. You come into a relationship with him. His spirit can come and fill you, your spirit. This morning, you can know him. Don't have to wait. Right here, right now, in this presence, you can say yes. You can just respond. All it is is, is a humble yes, Jesus. I surrender. I surrender. Not my will, your will. Not my ways, your ways. Not me as Lord, Jesus, you as Lord. You are king. You are Savior. I can't save myself. Only Jesus can save. We can never be good enough to enter heaven. No matter how good we think we can try and be, there is nothing good enough that you can do to enter heaven because of all the bad things you've done. Everyone has fallen. Everyone is far from him. You cannot save yourself. There is only one who can save you. His name is Jesus. He gave his life for your sins. And he rose from the dead so that you might receive eternal life. He conquered death so that you too might conquer death and receive eternal life. But you have to first surrender. Bible says, Jesus said, unless a seed fall to the ground and die, it cannot produce fruit. And we are like that seed. We need to fall to the ground and surrender and, and, and die to ourself, our will, our life, and say, Jesus, come and live in me. Have your life in me. And as you do that, as you die, then he raises you up into new life in Christ Jesus. You become born again. It's nothing that you do to earn or achieve that. All you did was believed in Jesus, had faith in Jesus. It's all you have to do this morning. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. He gives strength to the weary. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord or wait on the Lord, who, who wait in his presence, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. There is strength in his presence. Let's just worship him now. And just go further into his presence. You just receive from him whatever you need, wherever you're at. And can I encourage you, let this year be a year of his presence. Let it be a year where as a church, we just go further and further and deeper and deeper into his presence. May we be a community of believers that are full of the presence of God. That when people come in here, they know something is different. God is truly in this place. When we as carriers of the presence of God go out into the world and people encounter us, they encounter something different. What's different about them? What is, there's something different about them. Yeah, 
we're carriers of the glory and the presence and the goodness of God. And let's just release that goodness onto the world, onto Victor Harbour, even Goa. Amen? All right. Come on, why don't you stand? Let's, let's give the Lord just a praise in this place. And let's worship Him.